Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. Your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, is out to dispel that myth of the perfect child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique, and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. So right now, join the queen of accountability who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. Here is your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. I'm your hostess, Tara Kennedy Klein, and I am so excited to be talking to you today about divorce. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Um, My parents were divorced when I was two. And um, it was was one of those things where, you know, they got divorced because they didn't like each other anymore. And I realize that that's not the case for everybody, but that was certainly the case for my parents. And, you know, they had their issues and their problems, and they were both very immature when they got married and had me, um, and that immaturity came out in their divorce. So um, they would say things, mostly my mom, I have to say, you know, my mom's in heaven now, but, you know, she knows, so she doesn't care if I talk about her. Um, Mostly mom would, like do some goofy stuff and say some goofy stuff about my dad. And, you know, they would kind of like fight in front of me and over me and say, you know, talk crap on each other, like to me in front of me, you know, behind each other's backs and that sort of thing. And so, but it was better than them being married. (laughs) And, you know, then my mom got remarried. Both, Both my parents got remarried and, um, I didn't like those new people. I didn't like these new people who were trying to be my mom and dad in my life, or so I thought. And I was kind of like forced into situations where I had to um, be nice to them, or I had to agree with them, or I had to do what they say. And I didn't like that very much. So um, I got pretty rebellious. And I remember not ever being asked my opinion about anything that was going on if it was between my parents. You know, it was like, this is the way it is and these are adult issues and you don't get a say in it. But what they didn't realize was I was I was really suffering and I was really struggling, you know? And I have ADD, but they didn't diagnose ADD when we were kids, um, you know, back in the 70s. They didn't diagnose that stuff the way they do today. So I was just a problem. You know, I was just a scatterbrain. I was just a daydreamer. You know, all those things that Uncle Buck talked about. (laughs) And that was totally me. And, like, my parents would blame each other for that. They'd be like, you're not hard enough on her. You don't make her do her work. So I would, like, flip-flop. I would go to this parent's house and stay there for a while. And then I would get mad at them and go to that parent's house and stay there for a while. And it was, like, two totally different worlds. Like, I had three siblings that I was raising, literally raising when I was 12 years old at one house. And at the other house, I was the only child. And, you know, we got to go on great vacations and go out to dinner all the time and do all that fun stuff. And I had more adult friends than I had kid friends because I didn't have roots. I didn't have roots anywhere. Like my mom moved all over the place. And through the whole thing, nobody ever asked my opinion. 
So when I see parents getting divorced and their kids are struggling and they want to have them diagnosed and they're like, you know, the, oh, the, this dad, the dad doesn't do anything or the mom doesn't do this or they're not hard enough on them or they're too soft on them or whatever. Um, or you, they, they won't listen to me. They don't do what I say. My thought is, here's the deal, guys. You may not want to be married anymore, but you're still responsible for raising that child that you created together. And that child has a voice. Even if they can't speak yet, they're still going through stuff. So, you know, I posted something on Facebook about it last week on the the Facebook group and got a lot of um, feedback from it, a lot of positive feedback from it. And I also got a lot of people that that had the audacity to say, you don't know what you're talking about. I guess because I'm a psychologist, I can't possibly know anything about what kids go through when their parents get divorced. I don't know. Um, But blew those people off because they don't know me. So how can they know if I know what I'm talking about? And then sought out an expert who speaks with a voice that I can respect on the topic of kids and divorce and found Jonty Hayes, who has created Monkey in the Middle, a Monkey in the Middle book series um, for parents and kids. And the thing I love about that is very similarly to Stop Raising Einstein, when we do things together instead of to glean all the information that we want them to have from it. When we actually sit down and participate in that, um, a lot more is learned by both parties. So I absolutely love what she's created, and I couldn't wait to have her on the show. So without further ado, I would love to welcome John T. Hayes. Hey, John T., how are you? Hey, Tara. Thank you so much for having me on today. (laughs) Absolutely. So um, I love what you're doing. I mean, you have a lot of degrees and, and education and, you know, you, uh, experience under your belt. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you have like a whole counseling service that you provide in, in, um, in Florida, which is awesome. But I just, I think the books are just amazing because of what you've created. You. So you're very welcome. So, but. I know what's different about them, but I want our readers to understand um, a little bit about what inspired you to to write this series, where it came from. Sure, I'd be more than happy to. Well, Monkey in the Middle is different than other book series about divorce because it's based on 12 kids' rights that were created to address um, just the most common challenges that I observe families and uh, children going through with the divorce and post-divorce process. Now, each one of these challenges is given its own storyline, so therefore it's given the time and attention that it deserves. Um, I really wanted something that could be broken down to um, that really, like I said, gave each issue the time and the attention it deserves. What I have found is, is that in the past, with the resources that are available to give to parents and kids, with the kids' books, they tend to be, they, they touch on all those issues, but they are very brief in how they address them. And I found that these issues really are not brief issues for these children. Mm. With the parents, they have books out there for them, but these books are like the size of encyclopedias. Sure. And, you know, I found that when parents are going through divorce, they are so overwhelmed with everything. As you were, you know, talking (laughs) about just what a a, uh, challenging time that is, what a traumatized time it is traumatizing time it is for parents and 
Um, what they don't need is they don't need to be further overwhelmed. So with the book series, um, I broke it down into each issue for the parent to deal with one at a time. So therefore, they would not be so overwhelmed. And hopefully be more receptive to the information. Thank you. Yeah, the thing that I love about it is the fact that um, what you just said is so critical. We assume that kids don't get our complex stuff So we don't go into big descriptions about it, but we don't, what we're forgetting is their emotions are very complex. Their emotions are just as complex as ours are, if not more so because they don't understand what we're, they don't understand the motive behind what's going on. You know what I mean? They have thoughts like, what can I do to fix this? Or what did I do to cause this? You know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we don't realize as adults that our kids really do have complex thoughts, complex emotions. So they need more time. They need a bigger learning curve than maybe we would. Absolutely. And that's right. Absolutely. So yeah, you can't do Cliff's notes when you're talking about divorce to your kids. <laughs> no. And you know what, even if there were Cliff notes, it would be hard to find Cliff notes that really just help the children understand the emotions that they're experiencing, much less right. understanding, you know, what they think about the emotions that they're experiencing. You know, I think one of the things that really um, hurt me and stuck in my head as a kid was, if you can stop loving each other, does that mean you can stop loving me? You know, like at what point do you not love me anymore? And um, Totally. You know, go ahead. No, I mean, that's just like, that's stuff that parents don't think about. You know, when they're saying well, things like, well, know, Daddy and I fell out of love with each other, or Daddy and I just don't love each other anymore, what does that mean for me, Mom? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, and I, I parents love... also don't understand. Go ahead. I was going to say, parents also don't understand that children um, tend to think in very black and white. They have a hard time with ambiguity. And so if they think, like you said, if you can stop loving mom, then you can stop loving me. They don't understand the different natures of love. For them, love is just love. Yeah, so I think it's that's true. a very important issue to address with them. So do your books, you, the, there's a series of them. How many books are there? There is, um, I wrote 12. 12 for the kids and then 12 corresponding ones for the parents as well. That's cool. And like, give us an example of some of the subjects that you, that you would talk about. Okay. Sure. Well, I mean, I would be happy just to kind of go over the, the kids' rights, which is um, each book is based on each kid's right. Um, the first one is about, I have the right to understand, which is really about the child being able to understand just the emotional climate of what's happening within the household. Um, you know, they see their parents going through emotions and expressing emotions that they probably have not seen them go through before, or if they have, they certainly haven't seen them express it in that type of intensity. So that book really talks about helping that child understand what's happening, normalize the situation, and hopefully be able to minimize some of the fear they're experiencing in it by normalizing the emotional climate for the situation that the parents are going through. Um, That's pretty awesome because I think that that's one of the biggest things, one of the biggest ways that we fail our kids um, is that we don't name our emotions. So 
Absolutely. think it's kind of cool that you're that you're having the parents go through the different emotions with the kids because that's something that we don't do on a day-to-day basis and when it comes to something as sensitive as divorce that's really really important. Well, and you're going to see again the emotions though intensify. You know, I've worked with, you know, children who they've never seen their one of their parents be so emotional or be so irritable or be so withdrawn and to them they're thinking, is this going to last forever? Is this what my life is going to be like now? You know, children don't have the benefit of experience of going through things like this and then seeing the process and that right. there, are, there are normal emotions for, you know, for certain situations and that it is a process and you do develop a new normal. These kids, they, they don't right. realize that. They think this is what my life is going to be like. So it's really important. Yeah, let's talk about that. that not only that up after we come back from this break, okay? Okay. Positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. The Woohoo Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. 
Hey, welcome back to the show. We are having an awesome conversation with my guest today, John D. Hayes, who is the author of the Monkey in the Middle book series for parents and kids who are going through divorce. And I think that, um, well, in a in a climate where more than 60% of all marriages end in divorce, um, this is a really important topic. And we're we're in a, a time when we're realizing that kids' thoughts and emotions and beliefs and understanding of certain situations are a lot deeper than we ever thought they were. Um, we're realizing that we didn't give our kids enough credit for the experiences that they were having when we were going through our adult stuff. And I, I remember that from my own childhood. And I was very, very young. I, when my dad got remarried, I was four years old. And I remember hearing about it. I remember standing on a fire escape and thinking about it and crying because I thought that he had replaced me with another woman. And those for, that was a four-year-old having those thought processes. So I knew from a very young age that kids think and feel and understand a lot deeper than we give them credit for, uh, which is why I got into the line of work that I got into. And so the series that you've created, Jaunty, is just so valuable and important. And before the break, we were talking about your, um, what is it, your children's Bill of Rights? Yes, the kids' rights. Kids' rights. Okay, awesome. And you were saying something. I I know that we have, you know, we go to commercial break and it's like sometimes I have to go, oh my gosh, I really want to keep having this conversation, but we have to go break. So, but before the break, we were talking about um, how kids perceive things in very black and white. And, you know, is, are these emotions, you know, this crabbiness that I'm experiencing from mom or this anger that I'm experiencing from dad, is this going to go on forever? Because they don't see, they don't see it calming down. They, they don't look at things from a 30,000 foot view and think, well, this is actually for the better. They think, oh my God, this sucks right now. And I don't see this ever ending. So, and as we know, know, children live in the moment. Right. So what are some of the other uh, children's rights that you address in your series? Okay. All right. Well, we just spoke about the first one, about understanding what's happening and knowing that everything's going to be okay. And the second one is um, I have the right to have my own feelings and permission to express them. Mm. Um, The third one, which I really, that one is very near and dear to my heart because it seems like this is something I just, I deal with, um, so consistently, and that is I have the right to hear happy words about my mommy and my daddy. Oh, I love um, that. So for, tell me more about that one. Because that that's really... really... Yeah, that one really talks about, and it goes in depth, and it's, and I think it's very realistic in, in, the, in the book and the storyline about how parents, in going through their anger through this process, how they can say things that are negative and disparaging about the other parent, either in front of the child or to the child. And Tara, I heard you saying that um, at the beginning of the show that that's something that you experienced with your mom Mm -hmm. talking about your dad. And I think that's probably one of the most devastating things that a parent can do is to have that that chronic negative talk about the other parent um, to the child. It's so, so true. That's a because, book that I use quite often. And I think that we forget in our own anger that our kids aren't our buddies. They're not our girlfriends that we can vent to. Because 
our friends can be a sounding board and our friends can say things like, you know, wow, yeah, that would really piss me off too. I would be angry if I were treated that way. But our kids are looking at it going, that's my daddy or that's my mommy. Right, and they're, I, not our, they're not our allies. Exactly. <laughs> and when we're in those situations, we so desperately want an ally. And I get that. You know, there's because we're being judged by a thousand people in the world who are saying you didn't try hard enough, you didn't give enough, you didn't put enough into it. So we're worried about being judged by all these external people. And when we're in our own homes, we want that person who's on our side. And but too often we forget that that can't be our kid. Correct. Absolutely. So that's kind of hard. Where did you come up with these 12? rights well um these are probably you know the 12 rights are basically just a culmination of just over the years that i've worked with families just the most common obstacles i see that children and parents go through in the divorce and and post-divorce process and um you know originally i was thinking about just doing one book that kind of addressed all of these issues and then i just thought oh my gosh that's going to be so long what kid is going to want to have a whole book like that what therapist is going to want to have some huge book to use with their kids which is why i ended up breaking them down into you know having each book be stand on its own and therefore again being able to give each book the time and attention or the issue the time and attention it deserves so really this is just a culmination of again the most common things i see families experience you know some families will experience eight out of twelve of these some might only experience one or two and they might get through it pretty quickly some might experience two or three of these um, these issues and really really get stuck in it and it really can create an obstacle towards the families being able, you know, to heal and to develop a new paradigm to operate within. That's really cool because I, you know, it, I had a similar experience. Um, I read a book called the, the six stages of grief or something like that. And, um, after my brother and my mom passed away and it was kind of like, I didn't relate to all of them. But they all, you know, they all shed light on or gave me some relief in, you know, in that process. But some of them Mm -hmm. were really, really powerful for me. So I stayed in there longer. I gave them more time and attention because that's where I was personally. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And it says what I was reading. Well, first of all, I absolutely love that the little boy in the book is named Max because I have a Max. And I I think that's your son's (laughs) name, huh? Yeah, he's my buddy. Um, so I was like completely drawn for you know to that right away. But I noticed that you have a parent guide for each of the books. So tell us how that works. Correct. Okay. Well, the parent guide addresses. You know, we have we have the the twelve rights that are broken down each issue that the child is able to have access to. Um, it's great when we can give tools to the child to use to help them through this process, but what's even better is when we can really help, not just help the parent cope, but really help the parent to be able to heal and identify how their behaviors are influencing their children. One of the Mm. things that I found that, Tara, you also mentioned was that, you know, as parents going through this, there's, it's such a, it's such a devastating process to go through. And, um, there's so, they're so caught up in their anger 
and their resentment about what's happening, that a lot of times that precludes them being able to look at things from their child's point of view. So the parent companion is, it's, it's about being able to help bring that parent out of that, that hurt, angry spouse role and step into that super parent role of I, I'm going to be able to separate myself from my feelings about my spouse and now I'm going to look at this strictly from my child's perspective. So the book helps to do that by the therapy that it offers, by the exercises that it offers, and it, it, I, I think that the books appreciate what the parent is going through, but at the same time still holds them accountable that, look, you're the adult, you can be hurt, you can be angry, we can be going through all these things, but when it comes to your child, you really need to operate from this role as a super parent for your child. I love that. I think that's so valuable and so important. And it, it goes back to the, the whole you fix you first philosophy mm-hmm. for me. It's like you can't, you can't correct your child from a broken state. <laughs> you know? Correct. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I absolutely adore that you kind of put that little mind flip in there that it's, this is actually therapy for the parents too. And uh, so I I think that's so amazing. And so I have so many friends that are going through this right now, but their kids are older. Their kids are like teenagers. So what age group Mm -hmm. is this written for? This this is written um, targeted towards the, the child between the ages of five and 11. And the reason why I did that is because through my research, what I discovered is the average age a child is, when the the first, I hate to say the first divorce that they go through, but when their parents divorce Mm. for the first time is seven. So in terms of wanting to target the population, the most, the the most, Mm. the population was most in need. That's why I chose to target that age range. But I will say this, you know, from the ages of two to 22, I still see, you know, whether they're children or they're adult children or teenagers, still experience a lot of these same challenges. And again, because they're a different point in their life, a different developmental level, they may experience it in a different way, but all those things are still there. Oh, sure. And, you know, the thing that's so amazing to me is I'm seeing people going through divorce now with their teenagers, and we only have like a minute until our next break, but I'm seeing my friends go through this with their teenagers and it's like they're they're trying to pit their teenager against their spouse. It's like, well, we can't have the PS3 anymore because dad's making us sell it or, you know, we can't go on vacation because mom's making us do And it's like even teenagers. Very manipulative. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're, <laughs> you're trying to create an angry person. What's going on here? Um, we're going to go to our next break. But when we come back, I want to talk to you about some things that you do really uniquely in your series, which um, – incorporating metaphors in the series and um, tool time with Marley. I want to talk about that when we come back from the break too, because there's just, my gosh, there's just so much in here that I want to go over with you. And this is such a valuable conversation. So if you're listening, you can call in 877-864-4869. We'll be back after this break.
Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you, hold your hand as they point the way, and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend, Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make It Happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Welcome back to the show. We are being joined today by author Jaunty Hayes, who is the creator of the Monkey in the Middle book series for kids who kids and parents who are going through divorce and just absolutely love everything that you have in there. If you have a question for Jaunty or myself or a comment, um, you're welcome to call in. Our line is 877-864-4869. Also, you can join the conversation on Stop Raising Einstein on Facebook. And Jaunty, where can people get your book series? Where can they purchase um, it? Well, they can go to Amazon.com, and they just uh, enter in Monkey in the Middle Divorce Series. They can also go to my personal website, uh, my business website, which is Behole, it's B-E-H-W-H-O-L-E dot com, BeholeCounseling dot com. Um, they can also go to another website, which is just called B-Attitude dot com. Cool. So there's lots of places they can get it. And do you offer advice and things like that on your websites too? 
I offer tips um, and um, information. I have some I have some blogs that are going on. Um, I have a lot of resources that I direct patients to or I direct clients to in order to get, um, you know, the information that they're seeking or so, yes, I do. That's cool. So I want to ask you, because you're a counselor in addition to being the author of this series. And so do you think that the divorce rate has gotten worse or is, is this just, I mean, I, I remember being a little girl and people saying, you know, 50% of all marriages end in divorce. And now we're saying 58% of all marriages end in divorce. It doesn't seem to have changed that much. But we act like it's gotten so much worse. Are you seeing that? Um, you know, I, yes, I guess I am seeing some of an increase. I almost want to say that what I see is not so much that the divorce rate is getting worse, but the divorce behavior is getting worse. Wow. Tell me about that. Well, just in just, you know, again, in my practice, um, and then working with these families, I think that there's just so much, there's, there's so much opportunity for, um, parents to lash out at one another. And I think that in working with, um, you know, we live in such a litigious society and I have to say in St. Augustine where I live, we have some wonderful attorneys that really do work on trying to, um, trying to help these families through this process to, not um, to to not, not maximize the conflict, but I still think there are a lot of families that as you're going through that, just you know, in that litigation process, it's just it is a paradigm of um, of hostility, and someone has to be the winner. And I just think that's so accessible these days, and we see so much about it that parents, it's hard to it's hard to not be brought into that. And I think that that really fuels a lot of the behaviors that you see. I mean, already parents are dealing with just, again, the emotional consequences of divorce. But um, when you have um, a lot of outsiders coming in and fueling it, it just, it makes it even harder. You know, I have to say, I've, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff. And that's why I asked you the question. What I'm noticing is our inability to resolve conflict is not only failing our kids, I mean, the bullying rate is going up and teen suicide rate is going up and teen crime rates are going up and teen pregnancy rates are going up. All these things are increasing as well as the ugliness of relationships and divorce. I mean, people aren't even getting married because they're pre-planning for divorce. They're having kids outside of marriage so that when they split up, it's not as complicated. I'm, I'm literally seeing that where I live. It's, it's kind of scary to me, and I think it all stems back to our lack of teaching conflict resolution. Right, sure, and, and a belief that conflict is something that has to continue, that it has to be chronic. Yes. Um, you know, also, I think that a part of the, you know, the lack of the conflict resolution, I think it's also just the lack of resources available to families as they're going through this process. You know, part of the reason, again, for the series was, is that, at least in my practice, um, when families come in, it's very rare that I get to work with the entire family as intensely as they need. Most people can come in one hour a week, two hours a week. Um, 
you don't always get to see both the parents and the kids, or you don't have the opportunity, or the parents and the kids don't both have the opportunity to be doing their own separate counseling. Mm-hmm. And so I think that mm-hmm. what happens is, is these families go through this, and doing a four-hour divorce class, which is, you know, amazing and, and offers a lot of good information, but it doesn't take them through the whole process, because as we know, Tara, that, that, that the divorce part is the easy part. I mean, not, right. but it is. It, it is. It's what goes on after. It it's what goes on throughout that. And then these resources are, you know, again, that four-hour class that you took um, six months ago or eight months ago just really isn't, I, I just don't think it's sufficient. So, you know, the books are also provided to, again, the kids and families because maybe the parents, because of lack of resources or logistics or whatever, um, they aren't able to provide, they're not able to provide counseling for their child as, as intensely as their child needs or able to seek that out for themselves. So the books are there to help do that. And I don't see, think that's just, so cool. I don't think it's just conflict resolution. I think it's dealing with conflict throughout that process. Yes. And just like you just said, you know, how many of us have taken a workshop or a class or a course and we come out so fired up? I mean, we are going to save ourselves and we're going to save the world and, you know, so fired up. And then we go through what I like to call re-entry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> where you, you know, you come back into the real world and you try to tell your husband or your kids about everything that you learned and how awesome it is. And it just doesn't sound as powerful coming out of your mouth when they're like rolling their eyes at you and going, oh, my God, really? Are you serious? You're really going to try to do that? Or when you're trying to apply it. Exactly. And, you know, you're like, I know it sounded so good when the speaker was telling me about it. And, you know, or it looked, he wrote it so nicely in that book. I really just, you know, and it's that, it's that constant reapplication. It's that constant um, reinforcement of what you learned that, that causes us to fail. I think, you know, if we had something like divorcing. Yeah. I was just going to say most people were divorcing because they weren't able to communicate and because there was chronic conflict. And so maybe you divorce, you know, you divorce the the spouse, but you don't divorce the patterns and how you communicated. So again, without having something new to put in its place, of course you're going to be going back to the same patterns and what you know and what you're comfortable with. Yes. And that's what we're teaching our kids. So it's just going to get worse if we don't do something about it. Right? Exactly. And that's why, yeah. And see, that's why I love that the books that your series addresses, as I said before, addresses the, the, the brokenness in the parents' relationship and the brokenness in the parents' communication skills and all of that. It addresses that at the same time because what we have to accept, and it's the same thing when we try to put our kids in therapy to fix them, nine times out of ten, it's not the kid that's broken. So, you know, if you're sending your child to therapy to fix their brokenness, but you keep repeating the same patterns that got you there in the first place, you're not doing anybody any good except telling your kid that you think there's something wrong with them. <laughs> and just be prepared to have them in counseling for a really long time. So now it's management. It's not healing. Exactly. And, you know, my good friend Marlene Cover brings up a really good point when she talks about therapy we go to therapy to regain something that we once had that we've lost. 
like occupational therapy, we go to occupational therapy or we go to physical therapy to regain the use of something that we've lost. If we're sending our child to therapy, to counseling, to learn how to communicate for the first time, they've never had it. They're not getting back something that they once had that they lost. You're teaching them something completely new. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's it's like parents who can help reinforce that. Yep. And that's why I think that when we're, instead of sending our child to therapy, we should, as a family, be going to therapy, even if you're already divorced. If you're already divorced and you're noticing horrible patterns in your child and you and your spouse can't even agree what's wrong with your kid, agree on what's wrong with your kid, how in the world do you expect that to get fixed? I completely (laughs) agree with you, Tara. (laughs) So I think it would be kind of cool if after one parent went through this whole process, this, this monkey in the middle process, then they gave it to the other parent. And the other parent can go through it from their perspective too. Because I really think it's important that kids see that their, their parents are individuals. And even though they're supposed to be working together as a team, they still have their own individual beliefs and understanding of what happened. And I think it's really important mm-hmm. that kids communicate with each of them on it. Um, I completely agree. And it's funny because, you know, your show is really about, you said, dispelling the myth of the perfect child. And I think that part of the um, series is helping dispel the myth of the perfect parent going through divorce. Absolutely. So they can understand um, that their parents are not perfect. But what's important is they see that their parents continue to try and to and to behave differently and to hear and listen to their kids and what they need and to really work hard at trying to provide that to them. Yeah, and I think when kids see that their parents are really trying to to handle it right, you know, if, if your kids see you come back to each other and say, you know what, maybe we couldn't make our marriage work, but we still have to make this parenting thing work, and I really respect you as a dad or I really respect you as a mom, when kids can see that kind of dynamic happening, it completely changes the child's experience of the divorce. And I think when stuff like that starts to happen, we're going to see fewer and fewer of these nasty um, teen occurrences of, you know, violence, like I said before, and suicide and mm-hmm. depression. And, you know, I, honestly, I think you're going to see incidents of diagnosis go down, too. Because I can't tell you how many parents come to me and say, oh, he has oppositional defiance disorder or something like that. It turns out the kid's just angry because you two can't get along or set a good example. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When we come back from this next break, I do want to talk to you about Tool Time with Marley. So when we come back. Okay. Accountability loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance we'll be right back Shh, listen something is brewing the beautiful business evolution is coming the way we do business is about to change for the better forever this is real business at its very best On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. 
The tide is rising, the change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, we are in our home stretch of an awesome show with my guest, Jonti Hayes, who is the author and creator of the Monkey in the Middle divorce series for kids and parents. And we have just been having such an awesome conversation. <laughs> I, I, I just love talking about um, kids' point of view. I don't think that we address it enough. So thank you so much for allowing that and, and facilitating that conversation, Jonti. With the totally (laughs) in regard to the one of the things that you do in your series is called Tool Time with Marley. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I yeah. uh, Tell me about that. Well, Tool Time with Marley is the part of the book that provides counseling um, to the child or to the parent by giving them tangible steps and activities to help them cope and to heal through this process. Um, Like I said, it's something that is provided for both the child and the parent. And what I really love about this workbook portion of the series is it can really be used by anyone. You know, a therapist can use it in their sessions with their clients. They can do it right in the middle of the session. They can send it home with the parent or with the child. Um, It can be used by a family member, let's say a grandparent who sees that their grandchild is struggling with one of these issues and they they buy it for them and they go through it with them, or again, they just give it to the child to use on their own. Um, It's something that can be used for an attorney, so to speak. Um, Let's just say that an attorney sees that um, his client is really struggling with one of these issues and, and he or she feels that it's really getting in the way of that process of, you know, finding some resolution to the divorce or avoiding having to go back into court. Um, you know, their attorneys have enough 
on their own that they have to do within mm-hmm. their professions. They're not they're not therapists. And to be able to give them something that they can just hand to their client, again, something that's going to be not encyclopedia length, but literally, <laughs> you know, just looks like a booklet almost. They can say, look, I feel like you really need to get a handle on this issue. Um, I want you to read this before we go to court and we try and litigate this. You know, you do that for me. So, again, it's something that can be, you know, anyone can use it because it's so comprehensive. I can see this being an amazing tool when you're sitting in a mediator's office or, you know, you're in litigation and handing this series to both of the parents and saying, you guys need to do this together. As part of your divorce exactly. agreement, you have to do this together. Or judges who, yeah. as we know, you know, they are so inundated and they are so at their wit's end with dealing with this chronic conflict with parents that for them to be able to have something in their hand that they can say, take this, I want you both to work on this with your own therapist or, or on your own or whatever, and I want you to come back and I want you to report to me what you've learned. You know, I want you to come back to me with a plan of what are you going to do differently. So sure, family mediators, family judges, school counselors, um, you know, these uh, divorce recovery groups, they can be used. Um, dealing with the, um, you know, the four-hour class that's mandated by every state now that a parent and a child has to attend when going through a divorce, they're, they're perfect for that as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. And like you said earlier, it gives them, it gives them a reference tool to go back to when you start to fall off the wagon, so to speak, with your, you know, with what you've learned. You know, we had, um, We did ABA therapy with my son, who's on the spectrum, and we had done so many other therapies with him that they basically came in and said, okay, we're going to spend three days with you, and we're going to do this and this and that, and it's going to be miraculous, the change. And it was for a week, you know, Mm -hmm. and then the therapist left, and we forgot what we were told, and we couldn't remember exactly how certain processes were supposed to go, and you know, and then we started to fail and we took the easy route of going back to the chaos that created the problem to begin with because we didn't have a reference tool. We didn't have something to go back to regularly and say, oh, yeah, that's right. That's how we did that. Or, you know, that well, didn't work, but this did, you know. Well, and too, and I think that what I think what a lot of people, um, what they don't understand is that from a neurobiological standpoint, um, it takes time to rewire the brain. You know, we mm-hmm. say, tell people, why did you act like this? Well, you could have just done this. I, you know, I gave you a, a different way of behaving. And again, you know, for every, every experience we have, every way that we behave, you know, our brain wires itself for that. So to go in and have a three-hour class or therapy even once a week, I don't feel like it's really giving that person a fair chance at literally rewiring their brain by changing right. their beliefs, by applying those new beliefs. So they, they need the time to do that. Otherwise, I think we set them up for failure. True story. I mean, even if you think about it, and I know this is going to be kind of like a, a, an odd example, but it, if you think about people who go into rehab, you, can't, you don't go into rehab for four hours. You go into rehab for 12 exactly. weeks. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So if, and then you know, what do you, you do? Then you continue to go to AA. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, once a day at least. So it, there's, a, there's a real maintenance program to it, and there's a reason for that. Exactly. And you know what? I think you have just 
you've just discovered the only divorce therapy that will actually work. <laughs> it's got to be a rehab, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it can't be, you know, oh gosh, it's, we could talk for days about that. It's crazy. It's, we, we always want to take the easy way out of everything. And like you said, divorce, that's the easy answer, you know, or, and don't talk to the kids about it. They won't understand it anyway. That's the easy answer. And I think that's where. Or just give it to our anger and act from that point of reference. Yep. That's the easy way. It so is. And it, it took me years to stop being an angry person, you know? And so it, and my husband, my husband and I still argue and we still fight. You know, that's not, if you're, if you're arguing and you're fighting, that's normal. It's if you're doing it every day and it's getting ugly and you're ter- you're hurting people, that's when it's not normal. But if you can come back and say, you know what, we disagreed on that and that sucked and these are my feelings and apologize, like then you're really okay. You know, mm-hmm. you just need to you just need to work on how you communicate with each other. You don't need to get a divorce. You need to work on how you communicate with each other. If you love that person enough right. to create a family with them then they're worth fighting for, in my opinion, unless they're hurting you. And well, that's a no brainer, Mm -hmm. you know, and those are the ones who don't get divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yes. It's like, I don't understand. So the, I love the tool time with Marley because I can see that being applied hugely, like, like, like paradigm shift, huge. So, well, that's what a lot, that's what a lot of the books are based on. And, also how we use incorporate these metaphors is it's not about just coping but it's really about having being able to help change perceptions because if the child can change their perception if a parent can change their perception as we know then their experience of situation is going to change exactly so give me an example of your um one of your metaphors that you apply in your series okay well, I'll use my magic glasses in my third book, which is I Have the Right to Your Happy Words about my mom and my dad. Um, in the book, Max is witnessing a lot of um, conflict between his parents who are already divorced, but because, as we know, that just because you get divorced doesn't mean that the conflict is, is now over. And it's starting to affect him on, you know, every level. He's, you know, feeling he's being affected, you know, mentally, physically. He feels horrible. He's having tummy aches. He has a therapist in the book that he sees. Her name is Miss Daisy, and she's throughout the series. And Max is, um, he's like a lot of kids. He takes everything in, all the information. He gets so overwhelmed by it, and then he just spins in it. And Max is one of these kids who, in the book, who, who does this a lot. And so Miss Daisy realizes that what Max really needs is he needs a perception change. She, may, she works with the parents, and the parents try. They do, and a lot of times they do good at it. Sometimes they slip, though. So Miss Daisy wants to give Max something that he can use at times when the parents are slipping. So what she does is she gives Max a pair of magic glasses to put on. And Max walks in one day, um, his mother's at his dad's house, and he sees that they're fighting and they're throwing around all types of really mean words at each other. His stomach starts to hurt, and he remembers the magic glasses that he was given. So he puts the glasses on, and when he puts the glasses on, he opens his eyes, and what he sees is that his parents are no longer adults. They're little kids. They're <laughs> children version of themselves. They're wearing their clothes that are really big on them. They have juice boxes. 
they're, they're, they're now little kids. And part of what Miss Daisy does is she helps them understand that, you know, parents, again, just because we're adults doesn't mean we always act like adults. It doesn't mean that we're caught up in emotion, that we act like adults. And so he gets to see that really what his parents are doing is just acting like little kids that you see on a playground with their back and forth, calling each other bald and, you know, you're ugly and, um, <laughs> you know, just the way that parents can get with one another. So he's with, he's with Marley, who's his best friend in the series, and when they look at this and they see it, they start to laugh, and they're like, oh, my gosh, my parents are like little kids. Look how they're talking to each other. Look how they're acting. And because of that, it helps Max change his perception that it, isn't, it doesn't have to be so scary, and he can actually find a little humor in it and know that eventually um, his parents are going to go back to being adults again. So each oh book gosh, has a that. metaphor, at least one metaphor that we use for each book. Sometimes it has a few of them that a child can use you know, as we know, children integrate information and understand concepts more easily when they're given an image that they can mm-hmm. hold on to. And by using the metaphors in the book, it helps, um, and, you know, by incorporating them, it helps the child um, support them in understanding the underlying message. You know, you give them that visual. So now when kids come in and they're talking to me about their parents and the conflict, again, we talk about the magic glasses, or we'll talk about a magnifying glass that we use in one of the books about understanding big emotions. Um, wow. So I just think, it, again, it just helps them to really integrate the message and to change perceptions. This is so awesome. I, it, I, we're like totally out of time right now. And I'm so glad that you got that in because that just opens up a whole different perception of how these books can be used for me and, and how valuable they are. And I know you have a huge vision of how, you know, this can be used in all different applications and I wish you the best of luck with it. And everybody, so I really much. hope you take the opportunity to, to go onto the website and check it out. It's called Monkey in the Middle Divorce Series for Parents and Kids kids. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you so Thank much you for too. joining us today, Jaunty. It was an awesome show. Next week, my guest is going to be Deborah McNellis from the Brain Insight series. So I hope you join us then too. Have a great week and keep playing. Make these Stop Raising Einstein principles your own. Love unconditionally, give freely, laugh openly, learn daily, grow immensely. And of 